0: Thank you, worship team. You all can be seated. Let's give it up for the worship team this morning. We're just so blessed to be able to come together and worship the Lord. Amen? Amen. Uh, I want you all to do something for me this morning. Uh, I want you all to raise your right hand like this. I'm not going to have you take an oath or do anything weird, I promise. And then I'm going to have you go like this, and then I'm going to have you pat yourself on the back. Because it's a holiday weekend, and you all made it to church, so I want to commend you for that. Good job. Love that. I'm glad, I, I love the worship team, but I'm glad I'm not just preaching to them. So thank you for being here. Appreciate that. Uh, We had the honor last week of hearing Gary Pilcher preach, and every time I listen to him, I just get fired up. So if you haven't uh, listened to that, go back online and watch that, but he has definitely set the pace for me this morning. I do have a couple of things to go over uh, before we kind of dive into the message here. First thing is, I haven't preached in a few weeks. Uh, It's been the end of May, okay, so it's been a little bit. Uh, Second thing is that I'm 16 weeks pregnant. So a shortness of breath while pregnant is a real thing, okay? Shortness of breath, so don't judge me if I get a little shortness of breath. Third thing is uh, that I get fired up when I preach. So sometimes I talk a little fast. And the last thing is that I like to move around. So camera guys, stick with me, but I like to move around and the stage is a lot bigger than what I'm used to, so I might be kind of really using the stage. So if I get winded this morning, no judgment, all right? You, I, you have been warned, no judgment. Uh, Thank you. But I often find that what I am convicted of the most, God wants me to preach on. So you cannot tell me that God does not have a sense of humor, because it seems like the things that he knows I need help with the most is what he usually wants me to teach on. And another thing is that God usually gives me the best ideas and words when I'm either outside running, walking, or biking. That's just what it seems like. Like I get my, my best ideas, my best messages, revelations, And this morning, this message is both of those things. It's something that God has convicted me of, and it's a word I got on a walk, so you guys know it's going to be good, right? I'm excited. So this morning, we are going to dive into the power of prayer. So to start things off on the right note, let's go ahead and pray. God, thank you for this opportunity that we have to come together And to worship you, thank you for every single individual that is here on this 4th of July, Sunday. And I just pray that you would move mightily in this room, that you would just guide our hearts and our minds, set us uh, intentionally on you, God, and that we can just focus on you and just move in this room. I pray that when I speak, your words come out, and we just thank you and we love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so have any of you ever been around those people who pray really long prayers? Like they just kind of drag on and on and on. It's the worst right before a meal, right? Like, you have the plate of food, and you're ready to just go to town, and then Jimbo is talking about his long-long sister's cousin's dog, right? And it's like, I'm ready to eat. Okay, Jimbo, hurry up, you know? It kind of gets a a little long, little uh, drug out maybe. I feel you. I totally feel that because my husband, God bless his soul, I love you, Tyler, but this man can pray his best, longest prayers right before dinner. I mean, he thinks of the most people and things to pray for right before dinner, I swear, and the other night, it was a couple weeks ago, we were sitting at the dinner table, and uh, he was praying, and we had our food, you know, right in front of us, and I was like, God bless his soul, but man, this is taking a long time, and he just kept praying and praying, and so I'm like ready to eat, and again, I'm pregnant, so I really want to eat, so I have my fork, and I just start like playing with my food, like I'm not eating it, I'm not rude, but I'm playing with my food. And I see him like open one eye and be like, and Lord, please bless my wife who's already eating her food. And I was like, I'm not, I'm not eating. I'm just, I'm just moving around. I told you guys that God likes me to preach on things that I'm convicted of. So I I already told you that. But it's important to pray. The tension though that we face in our society today is that we sometimes feel like we're too, we're too busy. That life's too busy for us to pray. And another thing that we think is that it's a waste of time because how could God possibly hear me in the midst of the millions of people that live on this earth. So those are some thoughts that we might have, but the truth that we have to remember is that our God is bigger and mightier and more powerful than we could ever imagine. And our small minds cannot comprehend how big our God is. And I think Pastor's story a few weeks ago, he told the story of that little boy, and some of you may have heard this already, but he, he told the story of this little boy who came home one night, and he said to his family, we need to pray for this missionary family who was like halfway across the world. So they're praying, and this little boy starts praying for this missionary family, and he specifically prays for the family behind the bars. And when they get done praying, his mom's like, uh, what kind of bars are you talking about, son? And he said, I, I had this vision that this missionary family was at home, and these bad guys were trying to get in, and they had to go through these bars. That's what he, he had this vision, and so they prayed. Turns out at the exact same time that they were praying, there was bad guys trying to break into this missionary's house, and when it came time for them to get through the windows where the bars were, because they had bars on their windows, they had clippers to get through, and their clippers broke, okay? So I was talking to PG about that story the other day, and apparently he told me this story that Jay Reisner, who is the dad of that missionary family, he decided to climb a mountain a few years ago. I don't know what mountain it was, but it was big, tall, and pointy probably, and it was hard, and so it was strenuous, and so he's climbing up this mountain, and he starts dying. Jay Reisner, this missionary dad, he starts dying on this mountain, and the Sherpas literally have to carry this man off the mountain to get medical attention, and at that time, P.G., just had this stirring in his spirit that he needed to pray for Jay Reisner. He had no idea what was happening, what was going on. And it turns out story after story and testimony after testimony got back to Jay, saying at that moment, people from around the world just had this urge to pray for him, even though they had no clue what was going on. Turns out he was dying. He, he's good now, but it just goes to show that, that God answers our prayers. And if you feel like you and your prayers have little worth, Maybe it's because what you are filling yourself up with has little value. So, if you're filling yourself up with negative thinking, with scrolling, criticism, judgment, worry, fear, you need to stop and start praying. All right? I have a few points for you. If you're taking notes, if you're taking you know, notes on your phone or on a journal, there's four points for you this morning. The first one is this that I want you to write down flip the script. Okay? Flip the script. Philippians 4, 6 through 8 tells us don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers, letting God know your concerns. Before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good, will come and settle you down. It is wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. Amen. Summing it all up, friends, I'd say you'll do best by filling your minds and meditating on things true Noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious, the best, not the worst, the beautiful, not the ugly. Things to praise, not things to curse. Put into practice what you learned from me, what you heard and saw and realized. Do that, and God, who makes everything work together, will work you into his most excellent harmonies. That's beautiful, isn't it? It's beautiful. Okay, so according to the NSF, 80% of our thoughts are negative. Did any of you know that? 80% 80% of our thoughts are negative. That is the norm in our society. But as followers of Jesus, that should not be our norm. Okay, we need to go back to what Philippians 4 tells us. And instead of worrying, we need to flip that script and start praying. Because it's really hard to be negative when you're praying, right? I, I, like, maybe some of you, you get up in the morning and you're like, Oh, Lord, my breakfast was stale. Oh, Lord, my coworkers so annoying. Oh, Lord, my kids are mad children. But I don't want to talk to God like that. I don't know about you, but when I wake up, I want to say, God, thank you for the food on the table. God, thank you for providing me a job that puts that food on the table, that puts a roof over my head. God, thank you for knitting and shaping and forming my my children as you see fit. That's how I want to talk to to God. So flip that script. 80% of our thoughts being negative may be a norm in our society, but it does not have to be a norm for us as Christians. Don't just accept what is because it's what you know. All right, number two, second point fill in the blanks. So I asked PG the other day, he gets two appearances in this message, I asked PG, I said, PG, after all these years of ministry, after all these years of being a Christian, what do you do to further your walk with God? How do you strengthen your faith every day? And one of the things that he told me was, I fill in the blanks. I fill in the blanks. When I'm in the car driving, I'm praying. When I have a gap or a free time in my schedule, I'm praying. So what I want to ask you this morning is how are you spending your time? Some of you with kids are thinking, I don't have time. Yeah, you do. You got time. Where are your thoughts when you're driving the kids and you drop them off at school and you're, and you're driving to work or you're driving home? Where are your thoughts when you're in the shower? Where are your thoughts when you're working out, you're eating, or before you go to bed at night? What are you thinking about? Where are your thoughts? Do you feel that, that time with criticism, judgment, worrying, scrolling, fear? Because Romans 12, 1 through 2 says, and I love this because it's so simple, but it says God helping you take your everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing that you can do for him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture. goes back to that 80% thing, right? We don't need to fit into that culture, that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You will be changed from the inside out readily recognize what he wants from you and then quickly respond to it unlike the culture around you always dragging you down to its level of immaturity god on the other hand brings out the best in you develops well-formed maturity in you so i'm just i just want to say take those monotonous everyday tasks that you have and place them before god as an offering recognize what he puts on your heart, and then respond to it. If he's got some prayers, if, he, if he's urging you or nudging you to pray about something, respond to it. Recognize and respond to it. So a few years ago, I was asked to take a group of students to a church camp back at my um, hometown church. And for some reason, this summer, that, that particular summer, I just had this, this urge, like God was urging me to pray for something very specific. And what he was asking me to and like urging me and nudging me to pray for was to be a light, which is something super specific and, and kind of random, but he he just had this, I just had this ingrained in my mind to be a light. So I just filled in all of my blanks with Lord, help me to be a light. Help me to be a light this summer. So the week of camp comes. And it gets to the night where we're all, you know, sitting around and there's a fire and there's prayer time. And this pastor encourages, encourages all of us to go out and pray with people or pray on our own. And, and this little boy, he's like probably six or seven, super cute little boy. He comes up to me, and he's like, can I pray with you? Never met him before in my life. And I was like, absolutely. So we go off, and a little ways from the fire, and we're I, praying, and I pray. And it gets to his turn, and, you know, he has his little, his little hands folded and his little eyes closed. And he said, God. Thank you for bringing, what's her name again? I said, Madison. He said, thank you for bringing Madison into my life tonight. When I look at her and all around her, I just see these radiant beams of light. I can see you working through her. Thank you for these beautiful minutes and moments with Madison. Amen. And I was choked up. I had tears in my eyes. I got out my phone, we were done, and I wrote down his prayer because I never wanted to forget that moment because it was so special. So about a week, I think it was later, I went back home and my mom was in the kitchen and she said, did you post something recently? And I said, I think so, why? She's like, well, I was at the grocery store and this woman came up to me and she said she saw your post. And when she saw what you posted and she saw you, she just saw this light. And I just thought, God is so good to put that on my heart and then to answer in such a special way. But if I wouldn't have acted on what I recognized God wanted me to do and I didn't fill in my blanks with those, with those prayers for what he put on my heart, I never would have had that special moment with that little boy and I never would have been able to get that story. And the impact probably never would have been made if I hadn't filled in the blanks with that prayer. So that's, that's the second point, fill in the blanks. Third point, stay hungry. Okay, I am not talking about the kind of hunger I've had with my V8 and bagel pregnancy cravings. It's super weird. I had V8 cravings for 24 hours, went to Walmart, saw V8, said I got to have it, came home, chugged 46 fluid ounces of the V8 in 24 hours. It tasted super good. Went back, bought two more of 64 fluid ounces. I still haven't drank them. It was like a 24-hour craving. Super weird. But I'm not talking about that kind of hunger. I'm talking about the kind of hunger that we should have for God to move, not only in our lives, but in the people around us. Like we should always be hungry for God to do more. And when I was in college, I went home one weekend, and my dad just kept being negative when I was home, and he kept complaining about different things. And it was starting to affect us, and especially it started to affect my mom, and she started crying. And I just didn't like that. And at this point, I had not stood up to my dad. Like, I hadn't I hadn't said anything, or I hadn't, you know, I, I just had never stood up to him before. And so uh, I didn't like what I was hearing, and I had tears in my eyes, and I was, like, scared to do it, but I just said... You know, to myself, I said, I'm hungry for, for God to do something in my dad's life. And so, with tears in my eyes, I just told my dad, You need to stop. Stop complaining. Like, it, it's affecting us. So, just stop. And so, he didn't love what I said, and he went downstairs, and we didn't talk, I don't think, for the rest of that weekend. And then, halfway through the week, he's here this morning. <laughs> A little shout out. <laughs> the story gets better. Um, so, about halfway through the week, he calls me, and he says, Thank you for rattling my chains. I really needed that, and so I said, "Dad, will you go to church with me on Sunday?" And he said he would, and I promised him. I made him promise that he wouldn't back out. And so that Sunday comes around, and uh, well, well, once he said that he would, I immediately started filling in my blanks with prayer. God, I pray that this message speaks directly to my dad. I pray that this service gives my dad exactly what he needs to hear. And I prayed so fervently. I prayed so boldly, and I was hungry. (laughs) And I filled in those blanks. And that night, I opened up my devotional, and there was a devotional all about complaining. So I sent it to my dad. And then that Sunday came around, and my dad and I are sitting there. He he kept his promise. He came. And uh, Pastor Jonathan gets up here, and he's starting his message. And on this screen behind us, a big word pops up, and it says, complaining. And the whole message was exactly what my dad needed to hear. It was it was awesome. It, but the thing is that if I wouldn't have been hungry for God to move in my dad's life, we never would have had that special moment if I had not stayed hungry for what God was gonna do. So I'll say it again: don't just accept what it is because it's what you know. Don't just accept the addiction or the family situation or the physical or mental condition. Don't just accept it. Stay hungry. All right, the last thing that I want you to write down is this: trust. The process. Trust the process. It's super great when we have stories like some of the ones I've shared, right, where it seems like our prayers are answered in like a week <laughs> or a couple days or even a couple hours. Like those are pretty cool. Like the missionary family, one of my dad didn't even take really a week. Uh, you know, so, so some of those are just so quick, but it's not as fun when they're a not yet, right? When God gives us a not yet, or it's maybe not what we want or it's not what we expected, but we still have to trust that God has a plan for our lives. And sometimes when God tells us to do something, even when we can't see the end result of it, we still have to recognize it, act on it, and then trust the process, trust that he's gonna work all things and use it for good. So right out of college, I was working a job I did not like. I hated it, I'm not gonna sugarcoat it, it drained me, I would come home from work just like on the couch, Just I would just drain. And this opportunity popped up in October for a different job, and I totally thought that it was God's plan for me. Anybody ever had that? Like, you were like, this is so God's plan for me, thank you, Lord, and then it ends up not being so, right? So I totally thought this was my free ticket out of this job, and I made it to the final round, and then I had a horrible day at work, and I remember it because my parents sent me a cookie that said, sorry, your day sucked, but... My day was so bad, and I get a voicemail, because I I didn't answer my phone. I get a voicemail from the guy that's hiring for that job, and he said, yeah, um, you didn't get the job because we have this feeling that something better is going to come your way, and we don't want to risk you leaving soon. Excuse me? Like, you don't even really know me. Like, you don't even really know my situation. How can you possibly say that something better is going to come my way? So I was so hurt and I was so upset and and I came home and I poured a bowl of cocoa pebbles because that's just what I do. And I was sitting across from Tyler and I was eating my cocoa pebbles and I had tears in my eyes and I said, this hurts and this stings, but I trust that God is gonna move through this and that he has a better plan in store for me. So fast forward to November, I'm standing in my kitchen and I don't know if this has happened to you before, but the Holy Spirit literally like slapped me in the face. Like pow. And I felt a word so strongly. And he was telling me to give away a very specific amount of money. And I didn't want to. I didn't want to give away this amount of money that he was, he was telling me to. And for those of you who don't know, in college I came out with a book. I donated half the proceeds to the children's hospital. And in this, moment in the kitchen as I'm standing there, God was basically telling me to give away all the rest of it. It was a very specific amount, and I really didn't want to, and so I kind of just, um, you know, put it off, And, and I wondered who in the world I was supposed to give this money to, and like a slap in the face again, God said, I want you to give it to the church office remodel, and I thought, Like, the church office remodel? Like, can I give it to kids halfway across the world that are hungry or families that are in need? That's boring, you know? Like, a church office remodel? That's where you want me to give this money to? And it was was a for sure, yes. And so at this time, Pastor Jonathan had told us as a church that we were trying to raise $90,000 for a church office remodel. And I, I remember a Sunday, I went up to Clint Whitcomb and I said, Clint, what are we at, you know, on the 90,000? And he said, we're a little over halfway there. And I'm like, okay, I got time, it's okay, you know. So he said, we're a little over halfway there. And I said a bold prayer that, that day. I said, God, if you really want me to give away this money, it needs to come down to the church needing the exact amount that you have put on my heart to give. Guess what happened? That very next Sunday, Pastor Jonathan got up on the stage and he said, we are off by the exact amount that the Holy Spirit nudged me to give. My heart started racing, my hands started sweating, but I knew I needed to do. So I called him the next day, which just so happened to be the day before I put my two weeks in at that job I hated. And the first question I asked was, are we still at that amount? Did, Did anybody give anything? And he said, nobody gave a dime between Sunday and that Monday. And if you know our church, that's not like our church. But it just so happened nobody gave a dime. And so standing in a Hobby Lobby, which I shouldn't have been at if I was putting my two weeks in, but I was there anyways. So standing in a Hobby Lobby, I told him that I would write a check and I would... Give him the rest of the money that they needed for the office remodel. And time went on, and I got a new job. And eventually, they wanted to give my husband Tyler and I a tour of the offices downstairs that are finished now. And we were walking through there, and the Holy Spirit again just said, This is going to be your office someday. This is going to be your office someday. So I walk out of there with Tyler, and I said, I know that this sounds weird and that this sounds crazy. But God told me that that was going to be my office someday. And again, this prayer, I just felt like I was being nudged to pray for this specific money that I, that I gave for for some reason, I just God just was putting it on my heart, keep praying for this. Keep praying for this. So I would just pray, God, I don't want this money back, but I just want to see how you're going to use it. How are you going to move in this, God? I want to see it. I'm hungry for it. And that answer to my prayer came last summer. And pastor Jonathan called me and offered me a full-time position as the youth and college pastor at this church. And the office I helped pay for became my office. I I always knew that I would end up in ministry, but I never thought like an opportunity like this would come up at this point in our lives with Tyler and I being at a church that we absolutely adore that has completely transformed our relationship, our lives, our community. And so it's just amazing to see how God has worked. And then get this get this detail, okay? The pay increase from my last job to when Pastor Jonathan hired me, the pay increase was the exact amount of money that I gave. Isn't God just so cool? Praise God. Our hardest opposition can sometimes lead us to our greatest assignment. Listen, I did not know why I was in that job at all. Okay, Tyler can attest to this. I I was a manager at a distribution center and so I was putting boxes on conveyor belts during the day and I would literally be singing, I don't belong in factory, like I would be singing and because I, I didn't belong there and I didn't understand why I was in this valley and why God had me in this low point. It didn't make sense to me. And some of you this morning are probably there. You don't understand why you're in this valley. Why am I in this in the middle of this addiction? Why is my marriage in conflict? Why do my kids act the way they do? Why do I have this diagnosis? But I am telling you that God is faithful even in the valley. But you have to be willing to have a relationship with him, to pray to him, to understand and believe that he hears you. You have to readily recognize what he wants from you and then you have to respond to it. Mark Batterson said it wonderfully when he said, prayer is the difference between the best we can do and the best that God can do. So do not just settle for your best. Shoot for God's best. Trust the process that is his process And do that through prayer. So, so now I just want to ask you. I want to end by asking you: Will you flip the script? Will you change those thoughts, thought patterns in your mind when that negativity creeps in? Will you go against the grain and not just be a statistic, one of the eighty percent, or one of the people that have eighty percent of negative thoughts? Will you fill in the blanks? Will you fill in those cracks in your schedule with prayer or praise instead of judging or scrolling or criticism, worry, fear, whatever it is? Will you stay hungry? Will you always be seeking for God to move, not only in your life, but in the people around you's lives? Or will you just accept what is because it's what you know? That addiction or that marriage conflict, no, you're going to stay hungry. And lastly, will you trust the process when you're in that job you hate or your home life is a mess, when things are not going the way that you thought, when you get the diagnosis, and you can't see the end result of what you're praying for? Will you trust God and his plan that he has for your life? And some of you this morning, you have been convicted. Some of you have been challenged to go further in your walk than you ever have before. And I believe that some of you are about to experience the move and hand of God in your life like you never have before, because today you are going to choose to seek after him and follow after him with all your heart because you haven't been doing that before. I believe that there are people in this room that feel that way. Some of you are going to walk out of here with testimonies of how God moved you in the service. So I'm gonna ask all of you to bow your heads. I'm gonna ask you to close your eyes. And in a moment, I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand if you're wanting to commit your life to Jesus or you wanna recommit your life to him. This morning, if you walked in and you really haven't been praying to God because you don't know if he hears you or if he understands you or even if he cares about you, But today, you wanna make a change, and you wanna say, I wanna worship the God who knows me, because I am a child of God. I know who I am in Christ. I may have fallen away, or I may not have even known who God was before, but today I am choosing to seek after him and to follow after him. If that's you on the count of three, I want you to raise your hand high. One, two, three. Raise your hand if you're wanting to commit your life or to recommit your life to Jesus you can put those hands down, thank you. If you raise your hand, I want you to repeat this prayer after me and I and I want you to mean it with everything that's in your heart, but we're all gonna pray it alongside you. Repeat after me, dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for me. I admit that I'm a sinner. I admit that I've messed up. This morning I ask for your forgiveness. Come and give me a fresh start. Be my savior, be my Lord, be the king of my life. Take over every area, take over every aspect and help me from this day forward to live for you with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind and with all my strength. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give God praise this morning. if you made the decision this morning to follow Jesus or recommit your life to him, that is so amazing and life-changing. We would love to come alongside you if you want to text yes to 319-250-8998. That's yes to 319-250-8998. You aren't meant to walk this alone and we want to come alongside you. So uh, maybe some of you this morning, we're going to worship with one more song, but maybe some of you this morning, you need prayer for something. Can I just say, put away the insecurity or the thoughts that people are watching or whatever it is we're going to have a prayer team that's coming forward and if you need prayer for anything maybe you don't have, maybe you don't have the words to put into like what hurt you're you're experiencing or the loss or whatever it is we have a teams that want to pray for you so during this next song don't be afraid to come forward and be prayed over will you all stand and let's worship the lord with this song Thanks for joining us. We hope that this message was inspiring and encouraging. For more information about this message or about all things Crosspoint, check out our Facebook and head to our website at www.crosspointwaverly.com.